Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, No Bad Dog Army. Does your dog bark at people when they come over? Do they do it aggressively? Do they do it because they're excited? Do they do it because they don't know what else to do? This is the podcast for you. So we've done a couple of these over this year, but uh, this is a good one about a dog who is not so friendly about it. Just a giant 160-pound uh, mastiff who um, is aggressive towards people, kind of checks people at the door. So we're going to go over that and go over all the details and what you should do with a dog that is aggressive towards the door and the things that you definitely shouldn't do. And just in general, how to introduce a dog that's suspicious or uh, potentially could be aggressive towards people, how to do it properly and all that fun stuff. So, so sit tight and enjoy this podcast wherever you're listening to this. We, I was looking last night, uh, one of my favorite companies reached out to do some advertising for the podcast. And I was like, Oh, that'd be amazing. So we'll see. But anyway, I was doing some logistics on, they wanted to know where you guys listen. And I said, well, everywhere, like literally everywhere, Russia, Australia, China, Bermuda, Turkey, Jordan, like everywhere. It's crazy to see where you guys are listening to this podcast. Um, but anyway, so shout out to you guys. It's amazing, uh, this community that we continue to build. I'm coming to Canada in a couple of weeks. This is your last chance to get audit tickets if you guys want to come and watch me work with dogs. Basically, what the seminar is, guys, is there's going to be eight different dogs coming in with eight different problems, and you're going to see me over Saturday and Sunday work with these dogs and Sometimes it's basic puppy stuff. Sometimes it's aggression. Sometimes it's e-collar introdu- introduction. Sometimes it's behavior modification. There's a lot. And so it's it's a really packed weekend with information. Uh, now's your last chance. If you guys want to, we get Canada, 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 Canada. Well, here it is. We're coming once this year. Uh, we don't know if we're going to be back. We don't know how it's going to go. But we're, we know that we're going to have fun. We know that we're going to learn. If you guys want to come, link is in the description below. We're coming to Calgary and Toronto. Also, No Bad Dog Members Club, if you guys have questions for $39.99 for the all-access package, you guys have access to my dog training staff. You have access to all of my unreleased footage of all the things you see on YouTube, but the full length. So, Again, people are coming in paying thousands and thousands of dollars to work with me. We're recording it and putting it on the Members Club for as low as nineteen ninety nine, and if you want to go all access to get Pro Team, which is my staff, it's thirty nine ninety nine. Or if you guys just want to support the members club, head on over to the uh, in the link below, check it out. And um, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. So stick tight to the end because you're going to be hearing more information about dogs. And if you guys want me to answer your dog training information questions, concerns, comments. Head over to the iTunes review chart, leave your review and your question in the review. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy this one, and we'll talk to you at the end. So what is going on? Yeah, so we have um, an English Mastiff. His name is Louie. He's about two, two and a half. Um, And we've just been dealing with, like, some reactivity issues or aggression issues. I don't really know what it is. Um, And so I was just hoping for 
like some guidance on that. We've worked like on and off with trainers. For the most part, all the trainers in Michigan haven't, when all this reactivity stuff started back in like 2021, they were all doing remote visits and stuff like that. So like this all started, initially it started maybe back when he was about nine, eight or nine months old. And so I worked with a trainer, what had happened, the exact moment it happened, we were at the vet's office um, just checking out and everything was fine. And the office manager came out to say hi to Louie. And this is someone that Louie had met multiple times before I had no issues with. Um, and he was a bigger guy. He's probably like 6'3", 220, 230 pounds. And uh, he approached us from behind. So I didn't see him coming towards us and neither did Louie. And he didn't say anything and he just started petting Louie's back. And Louis turned and looked at him and he immediately like jumped back and started barking like really aggressively toward him. He didn't try to bite him or anything. Um, and ever since then, I was like, he had never behaved like that before. And so when I first worked with our first trainer for like an eight week, like remote um, guidance course, she just um, felt it was like more fear-based reactivity. Like he was going through a second fear period. Um, and so we did a lot of like the positive reinforcement conditioning like you know the look at it and then reward type of behavior i mean he did seem to get a little better with that um and then i would say at about like a year and a half um he started it, that reactivity just started to kind of ramp up again and so it's kind of like that now where he's just like but it's like it's so odd because he it's almost always like if we welcome people into our home he's like initially super, he wants like he wants to kill him type of barking. But then once he settles down and I'll usually muzzle him just in case, but he's never tried biting anyone. But once he's able to go up to him, sniff him, be around him for a couple minutes, he's been completely fine. He loves them. He'll play with them, bring them toys. Like, and so I just don't know how to get past that initial like greeting period of him acting like he wants to kill people. And I don't know what is causing it. I don't know if it's like, fear i don't know if it's aggression i'm not sure it seems very aggressive but at the same time he's like so skittish with everything like you could wave a pen at him wrong and he would run the other way so i don't i don't really know exactly why he's like this or how to fix it i don't know if we need to do more of like the positive reinforcement or we need to do like more e-collar training i'm not sure yeah is he uh, is he fixed He's not, no. So we were told to wait until two to fix him. Yep. Yeah, the reason why I asked, it's a very common common thing that we hear, common thing that we see with dogs. Mm -hmm. I mean, verbatim every time, right around eight or nine months, every single time. That's why I was like, it's a good chance this dog isn't fixed. Yeah. And I'm just saying that only because um, it, it contributes to the time frame of why these things happen. So we've just accumulated in I mean that's really what that's how you do anything is you you get a bunch of data of like okay this is this is this is what we're seeing time and time again and it it seems that dogs around the, once they fully mature and most dogs around 8 to <clears throat> usually before 12 months but usually it starts at 8 months and then we see this behavior happen like clockwork like every time like yeah. all of a sudden out of nowhere we were great until or whatever. It's always this thing. And I think a lot of times what it does is, especially for bigger dogs, is it makes them more protective, which is what you saw there. So if you're standing at the counter at the vet 
big guy comes up, scares him. He turns around, says, get out of here. And you're like, well, that's weird. But puppy Louie wouldn't do that. Adult Louie might. And that's what you're seeing is uh, him starting to become more protective because of him maturing. Sure. So I'm not saying that's the exact reason. I just know that the amount of times I've heard that exact story, like exactly has been, yeah. has been an intact male around the eight to 10 month mark every time. So to me, taking that data, it just means that, and really what it comes down to is those intact males, once they fully mature, they have a lot more testosterone, they're grown dogs now. So they take things a little bit more seriously. And then if you get uh, a more protective, larger breed, which Mastiffs aren't like historically super, super aggressive, but you know, all dogs can be protective. I don't care if it's a Chihuahua mm -hmm. or a Beagle, you know? So I think that that's probably where you're seeing this. And it makes sense too, because it's like, as soon as he knows you and he realizes that you're not going to be a threat or you're somebody that he knows, you're good. Yeah. So it makes sense that he's all of a sudden kind of exploding, protecting, especially at the door. People come over. Once he realizes, oh, you're good, that's it. So it, it probably is more of this protective thing than anything. And, you know, just a sidebar, I would agree to keep him intact at least until two. So I'm not saying that um, this is this is problematic. I'm just trying to give you some information of why these things come up because larger breeds uh, will live a lot healthier, longer life with keeping them intact. So it's not a bad thing that you did that. I'm just giving you some context here. So that's probably what you're dealing with likely. Um, now, what, what do you, what would you say the, the biggest problem is? Is it, is it when people come into the house, that's like the biggest thing? Yeah, that's like my biggest concern. I mean, just reducing your activity in general would be nice, like in terms of walks. Like, I mean, I'll take him for walks, but I intentionally go places where I know there's not going to be a lot of people or dogs or anything that he can, you know, you know, fixate on. But in terms of like welcoming people into our home and not having him act like he wants to murder them for the first two minutes of there is really like what I would like to, to fix more than anything right now. Mm-hmm. And so like what, like the, what we've been doing and, you know, uh, our previous trainer, he kind of recommended maybe straying away from this a little bit. And I kind of agree. So we have a gate, um, that we used when we were crate training him that you can connect to like the entrance of the gate and give him a little bit more space. Um, and for some reason he is terrified of this gate. I don't know if it's like the clinging metalness banging of it, but for whatever reason, he will not like breach this gate. So we kind of like used it as a tool to like block him off from the door when people come in so he can't, you know, bum rush them. Mm -hmm. But I think unfortunately in doing that, it's also kind of conditioned him to now know that when we move the gate and get it out, he already knows, oh, someone's coming, someone's here. And I think that also kind of gets him a little riled up too. So we're trying now to like not use it as much and just put him on leash or and muzzle him or whatever the case might be. I mean, he has not, like I said, ever bitten anyone, but I also don't want to risk it by how mean he sounds. Like if he got the chance, I don't know. He might try. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like once, so once he's behind that gate, he'll bark at whoever's in the house for a minute or two. We'll wait till he settles down. 
and he listens to commands like, you know, a place command, his place command or sit or whatever, then we'll muzzle him, let him out of the gate. He'll usually run right up to the stranger, sniff him for a minute, and then he's fine. We'll remove the muzzle and he's completely fine after that. Yeah, that checks out. That makes sense. Like I said, I think it's just him checking IDs at the door because that's what he feels mm -hmm. like he has to do at this point. Um, I, I, okay. So I would, there's a couple things that I would change about that scenario because okay. you're, you've conditioned him and you will continue to condition him that somebody's at the gate by doing that sequence. So you don't want to trigger cause that's like a trigger and you don't want to, you don't really want to do that because you're basically making a big deal out of something and that will for in his mind, it'll make it worse. So I would suggest like all of that stuff is good that you're doing. So the gate, the muzzle, but you don't want to only do it when people are coming over because you're basically saying like, Hey man, mount up time to do your thing. And you don't want to do that. I know that's not what you're trying to do, obviously, but for him, it's a conditioning process that dogs will learn and you don't want him into that groove. It's like getting your right. leash and keys. They're like, Oh, this is, this is what that means. And some dogs will get obsessed with that. And it, it's for them, it's A plus B equals C or one plus two, one plus one equals two. So you just have to start breaking that down. Um, so he doesn't, cause that, that just amplifies things. It's like, okay, it's about to happen. This is This is, this is what's going to happen here. And you don't want to build him up that way. So I, again, because of his size and because of how scary he can be, I definitely would encourage you to continue to do things like that. We can talk about that in a minute about the gate and stuff, but I'm just letting you know that if you're only doing that once a week or however many times you, you do it when people come over, it's going to amplify the process because he's like, oh, and he's just getting jacked up. So things that you can do is just get the gate out, put it wherever you put it and walk away. Cause then he's going to be sitting there like, well, aren't you going to let the person in so I can check them out? And yeah. you know, same thing with putting the muzzle on, putting the muzzle on and just walking away. Cause you don't want, you don't want it. Those different triggers will amplify the problem and you don't want that. Okay. Yeah. Cause he's definitely conditioned like even to like the ring doorbell now, like he just immediately knows to run to the front window and mm -hmm. start barking. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And those are, those are some things, some of the, like my dog does that too. And those are things that sometimes you can't control. And so those are a little bit harder and sometimes unrealistic to, um, I guess desensitize. Yeah. Cause you almost need like somebody randomly to come to the door or walk by your house or something. So I would just recommend to try to desen desensitize the process of what you're doing. Uh, with okay. the, yeah, with the, um, with the gate and the muzzle and all that stuff. I think that that's important to do. Um, so, so I'd start doing that, you know, as often as you can, like the more you do it. Cause right now it's like, and the other, the other side to that too is, and I always tell this to people, no matter what they're working on is you're only like, you're like, I want to, I want, I want this to get better, but you're only working on it in a, in a context of or a variable of somebody else. It's very, it's, it's in somebody else's hands. You have to wait for somebody to come over. And so if it's like, Hey, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to work out this week and you only went once a week. I'm like, okay, well the results of doing it once a week versus doing it every day are going to be dramatically different. 
you know, mm-hmm. like anything. Like I just give you an example. So same thing with him is like you, you, you want if you put that sequence together but use it as a positive. So the gate comes out, the muzzle comes on, you put him in a place, you put him in a stay, you walk away, you give him a break. So you just kinda have him you kinda have him guessing of so if you do that, let's say, and I'm just giving you an example, let's say you did that every night or every morning or every afternoon or whatever your schedules allow, but let's say you did it every day, that's that's doing it seven days a week, and then the one the one time somebody comes in, he's not going to know the difference. He's going to be like, oh, we're going to play this fun game again, and I'm going to get paid for getting onto the place or something like that. So that's where you want to kind of reverse the roles there first. Okay. Because like I said, with a dog that size, I mean... I wouldn't, I mean, the muzzle definitely, uh, the gate, I think it's just the, again, the gate is just causing conflict and restriction, but you're going to have to have them on a leash anyway. So it would probably do the same thing, but the gate may make it safer for the person and you guys. Yeah. So instead of like holding the leash and holding him back and giving him some sort of pressure, the person can come. It's kind of like this, like shark tank, like person comes in, he smells that person. Oh, you're good. Come on in. You can pass. Um, so that's that. And then I would just say, um, the other thing that you can do, and I'm just thinking out loud here. The other thing that you can do is if applicable, and I don't want to give you unrealistic things to work on, but if applicable, what I would do too with a dog like this is if you have people coming over, um, it may also be an idea to meet outside, like your house. I don't know if that's possible. Okay. Like with him or us? Separate? <clears throat> I I would say I want you to trial a little bit of both. I want you to – you're going to have to trial. That's like the hard thing about working with dogs is there is no exact like definite things. I'm just giving you some ideas to work on having that. So when you get a, again, you get a big English intact male mastiff, um, a, a person coming into his home is like the biggest, like I'm climbing into bed with you type of reaction. He's like, why are you here? What are you doing? Do I know you? And I feel like if you, if once somebody like comes to your door, like that's their whole domain, like that's their whole you know, area of living. And that's, that's where they're going to be the most protective. So I was saying like, ideally, if you can go outside and make it less of a big deal, like I said, I I really like the idea of that gate though, because I'm just thinking like you have this gate and then you can just let the leash down. You can hang on to the leash, but that person comes in and he can just smell that person as you're talking to that person through the gate. And then once you kind of see his body language change, you're like, Oh yeah, you're good. But outside, you're basically going to have to let him get all the way to that person to do whatever he needs to do to feel comfortable, unfortunately. And that's not that's, that's not really fair for anybody. It's not fair for you. It's not fair for your dog. And it's certainly not fair for the person that's getting patted down by this giant dog. Yeah. So there's also obedience that you can do um, to help with this. You just got to be careful when you're doing this because it can, again, amplify – the reaction or it can amplify the intensity of what's going on. So if somebody came into the house and you said, okay, Louis, you're going to go to your bed, you're going to stay. And even if your obedience was really good under that context, he's still going to be like, he's the type of dog from what I'm hearing is he's like, I still need to go check that person's ID. Like I'm not just going to walk away from this. Yeah, no, he will not. So I would, um, so what you need to do is you just need to do what works 
safely and that you're comfortable with. Um, so right now it seems if we continue to dilute things down or distill things down, I should say right now, it kind of seems like the biggest pro you, you wouldn't be so concerned with him sniffing these people and kind of seeing who they are because that's what dogs do. But right now the way that he's doing it is too aggressive for anybody's comfort. Right. So that he's, is he growling and barking and how's he's he definitely, barking. he, he will growl if he's watching people from the window, but when they come in the house, he doesn't ever growl. He just barks really, okay, really. Um, but yeah, he like, once he settles down, I think he, he starts to understand pretty quickly. The quicker he settles down behind the gate, the quicker he can get out from behind the gate. Mm -hmm. Um, so he does settle down, I would say within like a minute or so of barking. I usually just wait until he settled down enough that he can listen to commands again. Because when they first come in, I mean, you could literally wave like a T-bone steak in front of his face and he does not care. He's going to mm -hmm. bark and bark. Okay. Now, when you're doing, when you're doing all of this, um, what's, what, what kind of like equipment and thing, like what, what, what are you using in this scenario? Like when people come into the home? Yeah. Uh, really only treats. I, I mean, we have like an e-collar. I, we never really use it for that instance. Um, we're working more on like his recall and stuff with an e-collar like mm -hmm. outside, but um, mainly just treats. And he is very like food driven. So for the most part, it works after a minute okay. or so. Um, so he's not on leash? No, not. No, we'll just keep him behind the gate, like with his where his bed is. And we'll, you know, say on your bed, make him sit. Um mm -hmm. Then once he sits and settles down, I'll go behind the gate, put the muzzle on him, and then I'll move the gate. He'll run out from behind the gate, run up to the person, sniff them for a minute, and then it's usually diffused after that. Okay. I would I would recommend having a, just trialing this out to see if this helps, but I think having a little bit more control in this scenario and a little bit more communication with them. Because okay. here's the point of view of the dog. Here's what I'm seeing. And and I just, I'm a people watcher. So I like always just watch people and their behavior. And then especially with what I do, I have a good idea of like how things typically go. So the way that I'm kind of thinking of how, how this is going is, excuse me, somebody comes up to the door. He knows because the ring goes off or whatever. And so he goes up to the door and you guys like do your thing. You get your, you get your gate out and then he goes to his bed. But during this whole process, it, what typically can happen is it gets very clustery. It gets very kind of like panicky almost of like, so yeah. we go, Louie, go bed, go to your bed, go to your bed, go to your bed, Louie, sit, sit. And we kind of like put the muzzle on and it's like, and he's just, and all, and I can just like envision him. He's just like, let, who, who's here? Like, and he's just kind of like looking past you guys. He's not really paying attention. And so <clears throat> I would just say that in situations like this with such a large dog, I would want more like really defined communication. And if you don't have a leash, it doesn't matter what, e what leash and what collar you have on. Well, it does, but if you don't have anything on, you have no real communication in these scenarios because he's, <clears throat> he's already like primally locked in. He's like, you, yeah. you know, need to just get out of my way so I can handle this. And I feel like if you were, if you had more concise, precision, clear, calm, Louis place, he doesn't pressure on the collar, you pressure on the leash, whatever, like, Hey, no, you need to go there. Like I'm enforcing this immediately. Louis sit, 
He doesn't correction. Like you have to like Louis, pay attention to me. It's like pulling, you know, okay. pulling up to Disneyland with a bunch of kids. Like you, you can't just let the the minivan door open and let them run across the parking lot. You know, you have to get that. Mm-hmm. No matter how stimulating and excited, uh, and in his case, how protective he needs to be, you need to have like clarity. Like during this chaos, if you will. Cause that's what it is for him. It's more stressful probably for you guys. You're probably like, Oh man, like, um, and, and, and you know, and, and so it's not a calm thing is what I'm saying. It's not like this, like, Oh, I think just having more clarity, like putting the leash on and having this routine, that's what I'd be working on. So let's say today's Monday. I'm like, all right, I'm coming over Friday. What I want you to do between here and Friday is if he's food motivated, that's amazing. That, 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 gives us something to work with. I'd put your treat pouch on and then I would start working on Louis go to your bed and if he doesn't, giving him pressure, just making sure that he knows that there's accountability for not listening because right now, like I said, it, I would just imagine it's like, you know, go to your bed a bunch of times, sitting a bunch of times and then just, but he's kind of like free for alling. And so you need to be the pinnacle here. Like you need to be the the nucleus in this equation to make sure it's like, Hey man, don't worry about who's at the door just yet. You need to pay attention to me. You got things that I've asked you to do and you need to accomplish these things before you can do these things. And I think that'll eliminate a lot of that pressure, that steam cooking towards that person that's about to walk through your front door because you're taking that pressure off and you're saying, Hey, you need to go to your bed and you need to sit and you need to stay. That person's going to come in and that's where he's going to boom, get right out of his sit and then get right out of his bed. And then that's when you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, so a dog that is that big, well, regardless, but especially a dog that is that big with that demeanor as he's, he's barking, he's like, you know, like, Hey, and what he's doing is he's doing two things is he's alert barking. So he's letting everybody in the house know somebody's here. And he's also telling that person, like, I'm also here. So there. And so you just need to be like, hey, man, like, you need to go to your bed. You need to sit. You need to stay. And then so you, it, what it does is it puts a bo- it puts a cap on this dog's behavior where he normally would want to be, like, all over the place. And there's no structure here. He's just – you're putting him into a sit so you can strap the muzzle on. And he's probably, like – moving his head around and he's, he's, it's just a chaotic thing, I would think. And that's, that's where you would have to work. So again, if I came over Friday, you'd be Monday, you know, today, tomorrow, you know, so on and so forth. You'd be working on really calm beds, sits, stays. You'd be desensitizing somebody at the door. So, uh, having somebody go out, come in, he'd, and, and, and again, like his obedience has to be, he has to listen to you in this state of, Cause he's, he's basically like panicking. He's like, I got to handle this situation. There's an intruder and it's like, you know, your family member or something. You're like, no, you don't like, you need to relax. But he doesn't, if he's not getting that direction, then he's going to do what he feels like he should be doing. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, no. And that, I mean, that pretty much exactly summarizes what happens. Someone will come over. It doesn't, we don't. Well, I guess that's another question. Should we do this process with people that I know he doesn't react that way to? Should yeah. I just do it across the board with everyone? It should, okay. Yeah, because it's about you. It's about control. And, and again, okay. like here, okay, so so let's just like, and, and I think like the way that I, 
train and teach and preach and whatever I do is like, I have this blend of a dog owner that I know realistically, like what shit can go and what can't, and then professional, but excuse me, from a professional level, like going way up, I'm just thinking like, okay, you have an intact, how much does he weigh? Uh, About 165 pounds. Yeah. So big dog intact, 165 pound English Mastiff that is aggressively barking at guests when they come over. And then if I were to say, okay, I'm going to, again, I'm going to come over. I want to see what happens. And there's just like this chaos going on. And this dog's like barking at roof, roof, roof. And I'm just like standing there. I'm like, you need to control your dog. Like you have to do something with this because that's, that's, that's where we see a lot of, so we see a lot of these dogs. We see it a lot in like more working breeds. Like people get Rottweilers, people get shepherds that leave them intact. And, and, and again, it's like, I left, I I leave my dogs intact when I can, because it's healthier for them. But like, if you can't control that, there's going to be, he's going to control it, period. That's the deal. Like, if you don't step up, he's stepping up. And so in this equation, if you were to like ask a hundred people and be like, look at the scenario, um, are we in charge or is he in charge? You'd be like, well, the dog pretty much looks like he's in charge in this scenario. So that's, that's what I would do is like, you have to, you have to have, Cause you're not, listen, I, I know it's like, I just want the dog to stop barking. It's like, I I don't want him to aggressively bark at strangers, but understanding that there's a huge foundation and chemistry going on underneath him emotionally, behaviorally, physically, primally, like all this stuff is happening. You're not going to be able to just switch that off where he's like, Oh, what's up? My name is Louie. Have a seat. Welcome to my home. Like that's not going to happen. It's just not the personality he is. And the only, I think, confusing thing is is for you guys is you grew up seven to eight months with him with him being the not that so you're like this is a problem it's not necessarily a problem it's just who he's it's who he is now that's like who he is he's not he's not a puppy anymore he's an adult and this is what you have until the end of time with him so I think that that's confusing and and I totally like empathize with dog owners about that because it's like but this wasn't a problem and it came up which means easy come easy go and it's not, that's not what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a dog that finally became who they are. And now you have to say, okay, you're a protective intact, big dog. I have a responsibility to control this. But again, if you don't have that control, it, you'll never get anything done. You'll ju- it'll just constantly be this. So, okay. so yeah. So that, so that's what you have to do is you have to think about, okay, so my, I guess leading up, the reason why I was saying that is leading up to this is like what alternatively what you want your dog to do. Well, I want them to be calm and not bark. And so here's what I would do if, if I were to replace you and he was meaning like if he was as comfortable with me as he is with you, I would be putting him personally for me because he's 165 pound dog. I'd be putting him on a prong collar. I'd be putting him on a, just a regular leash and I, out of context, <clears throat> again, let's say somebody come, somebody's coming over Friday out of context, I would say, okay, what do I want Louie to do when somebody comes over? I want him to go to his bed and I want him to sit politely until I release him on my cue. I don't want him controlling things at the door. He's, he, he can't do that. He's too big. He's scary. People are not going to want to come over. He's a liability, all this stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, I would be saying, okay, Louie, go to your bed. And I'd be working on this all day long when I had 10 minute sessions. Go to your bed, good bed, pay him, break. Go to your bed, but he can't get off that bed until I break him verbally. It's not like he gets paid and he's like, okay, thanks, I'm out of here. No, 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 sit back down, stay, and then now you can break. So I'd be working on what I want my dog to do in practice 
for reality. This is what I want Louie to do. But you have to practice it and practice it and practice it until, you know, the, the, the big game comes, if you will. You know what I mean? So, so these are the things I'd be doing is, is just sending him to his place, putting him into his sit, putting him into his stay, and then releasing him. And there's going to be a lot of things that you can include into this scenario that he's going to be triggered by. So you know your dog, you know what he likes. I mean, it could be as simple as taking a piece of food and throwing it on the ground in front of him. He's going to go whoop, and you're going to go, whoa, man, chill, back into a place. I didn't say you could break. So you're building up this distraction because that's what's happening is is you're you're getting to this really big point in your obedience with him where somebody's going to be at the front door, and he's like, yeah, I'm out of here. Go Go sit down. I'll handle this. And that's where you have to build up. So again, if I were to take him on his leash right now, put him into a bed, take his favorite food and throw it in front of him, he, you know, he, he might think about it. He might get up. He might say, okay, that's mine. So you have to, you have to check him like, Hey man, you can't do this at all. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of, that's why small dogs get like the yip yapper nickname because there's people. So I guess my point is, is no, no dog should be doing this because it's unhealthy for them mentally. Because they they yep. tr- they truly think, like some people, are like oh they're just being a dog. Like he is like seeing seeing like nightmares. He's like oh we're we're under attack here. It's like it's just my neighbor. Like chill, you know. Yeah, I get, even see it on his face. He's just so stressed and anxious when it happens, yeah. and that makes me stressed. And I'm like oh my god, like here we go again. So okay, that's what I'm saying. Is like it's a it's a right now it's 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 a it's a chaotic stressful thing and and the more you kind of struggle with it the more you're like it's just like any literally anything else like you get into a fender bender like in the middle of nowhere and somebody gets out of the car and starts running circles with their head cut off and you're like dude chill like you're making things so much worse and that's kind of what's happening is like hey um neighbor's coming over and he's like you know red red alert here he's freaking and so so you just have to make sure that you think in your head like i'm like hey just put him into his bed you're like well in this state of mind i can't put him into his bed he's not gonna listen to me he's out of control like okay well again like you're not gonna he's not just gonna like not care about people at the front door he's you gotta have that cap so yeah yeah that's what I would start off with is just basic like um, leash collar, working on what you want him to do. And then as you're working on this, you would be pushing out his thresholds and boundaries with triggers. So again, like you, you know your dog, you know your house, um, anything that you think that can be distracting for him, to t- you're testing him. There's his favorite ball, I'm throwing that. Nope, can't get up until I release you. Um treats having somebody come to the front door um you walking away like all of these things you have to be able to do before you actually have somebody come over to your house and him actually like be calm so that's what i would do is like again i'd say louis go to your bed i'd say sit i'd say stay i'd work on it all week before i came over on friday and then i would tell that person i would or or i would go to the door or have somebody else go to the door depending on how your house is set up and I would just say like, yep, that person can come in and he's immediately going to like puff up his chest and probably get up. And you're like, hey man, you, you no, go back into a sit, go back into a stay because that will start taking, he'll, you'll peg him down a little bit. You'll say, hey man, no, chill, like you're good. But giving him the, you know, giving him the, the land, if you will, to do his thing or what he thinks his thing is, 
then he's going to keep doing that and he's going to keep making those mistakes. And and then the more chaotic, like you make it like, Hey, no, get back. No, don't. And that's just where shit hits the fan. And it's just, it makes it worse. Gotcha. Okay. And would you say it's good to do that with the gate too, or just kind of keep the gate out of the whole equation? Well, you can keep the gate. You could keep the gate in. You just want to make sure that, um, when you say gate, is it like an X pen or is it like a baby gate or what? Um, here I can show you. That. Sure. So it's like a, I guess, folding type of gate. So this is what it looks like. Okay. Yeah. And so it, yeah, it just kind of like folds yep. out. Yeah, they're like little X pens you for like puppies. Up already, he just hears it and he immediately is like, "What the heck? Is, yeah. What are you doing?" So that's what you have to do is you have, and that's his bed that you, you try to put him on. Yeah. So, I mean, he has two up here right now because we just came back from vacation, but generally, yes, there's only one bed that he has. Okay. And then where's your door compared to that, that bed? Um, so here's a bed and then here's our front door and you can uh, see he's already getting uh, all huffed up just by hearing the gate clang a yeah, little bit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's big. So. Yeah, boy. So he's uh, not the biggest fan of it. He keeps away from it. Yeah, and I think it's. I think I honestly think when he was a puppy, it might have fallen Fell. when we yeah. were at work one day. Yep. And yeah, so yeah. you can see he he's terrified of it. Yeah, That's yeah, funny. yeah. So I would be. Um, yeah, I think the gate is a good backup for you. Like I think just knowing that. So it's good. To, I'm glad that I saw that because I was envisioning <laughs> like a the the door being like right b- by yeah, the bed so it's like down a couple steps so he can't see who's coming in from you know our upper level but obviously you know he can hear that mm-hmm. someone's coming yeah so um okay i so i would be so there's a couple different things that i would add to this and you can kind of mess around with it and see what works for for you um Sometimes also the dog like um, – so so here's what here's what I would be doing. I would take that bed and put it at the top of those stairs and I would be, okay. work, I would be working on the place this day and then the, the gate not necessarily being there at this point and then just going up and down those stairs, jiggling the handle, coming back up, paying him in position. So you'd say good stay, you'd pay him with food, you'd break him and you'd just start to like work on – Cause that's what I would be doing is I would just be like, Hey man, you need to sit and stay here. Cause that's, that's your, that's the deal. And then, and then you would just progress and like get to a point where you can grab the handle, um, jiggle it, open it, shut it, go back up, pay him. You're triggering him and triggering him and triggering him and triggering him until he, um, you know, pays attention and, and he continues to, to like do it, do what he needs to do. Uh, in the future, uh, e-collar training is, is by far, the best way to achieve these goals off leash because you could be down at the door he could move and you can give him a little bit of pressure not corrective pressure but you can give him a little bit of pressure like you would with the leash if you were standing right behind him and just give him a little pressure up puts his butt back into a sit thank you very much you open the door you ring the ring bell you trigger and trigger and trigger him and so you're basically saying like hey your test is to stay on this bed and stay until i release you and you're gonna throw the kitchen sink at him you're gonna do everything you can 
and you're going to work on the duration and the distance. So slowly that bed that's at the top of the stairs will come around and it'll start going out of sight and you'll just slowly build like what your dog is capable of with the distractions that they have. And okay. that's going to be really helpful. Um, yeah. So right now, because the stairs are like this, so when people come over, are they coming to the top of the stairs to, to for him to smell or? Yeah. Yeah. So we usually just keep him back where like the bed is and then we'll just wait. They'll, we'll let them come up, stand like kind of at the, um, you know, top of the steps, wait till he's done barking and then um, let mm -hmm. him out. And we'll usually tell them just stay where you are type of thing mm -hmm. or, you know, on the couch or just usually I try to act, tell him just ignore him. Don't pick, right. don't into the behavior. Just kind of act like he's not even there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. And then also too, the other thing I was going to say is right now he's also not, there's, there's no consequence for him barking aggressively either. Um, there's no enforcement, there's no accountability. So unless, yeah, I mean, so some mm -hmm. people say, Oh, we tell him, no, we say, no, we, you know, yell at him, but that he just doesn't give a shit about that. That's not going to, the dog, yeah. dogs just don't care. So that's where like, again, my, with a dog that big prong collar, just like, Hey, leave it. Like, like, cause right now he's going zero to hundred right up. And the objective of correcting the behavior or is communication. It's not, it's not to necessarily punish him from barking. It's giving him an opportunity to think clearly and make better decisions. So he hears like somebody pulls into your driveway or whatever, and he hears the car door slam and he's immediately like on alert. He's looking out the window. He may be growling. He may be barking. But these are all things that, again, like I would be working on. Like if you were, I don't, if you're home with him and you have an opportunity to like, we typically in these types of scenarios, we work with a, like whatever collar you're going to use. So let's say you use the prong collar. Um, we use tab leashes, which is about a six inch leash that you leave on. So that way you don't have to like get your equipment out, put it on this whole thing. So you leave the prong mm -hmm. collar on throughout the day as your as your home, and then the tab leash is four to six inches. So you just take a leash and you cut it, and it just kind of hangs off. Especially for him, it's it's not going to touch the ground. Um, it'll just kind of hang there, and then that way, like if somebody comes over or whatever, you can immediately just grab it, say leave it. So you you also should be discouraging him from barking as well. So it goes like this: again, somebody shuts that car door, he's like, hey, and he starts growling. He start he may start barking. He may get on that windowsill start checking things out. And that's where, again, like somebody walks by or whatever, you have to be able to communicate, like, leave it. So his instinct is to alert bark to tell you somebody's here, and I must protect this castle. And then you're you say, Hey, leave it, like stop what you're doing. So he can look, he can he can do everything but bark and freak out. And there's two reasons. A, it it causes him unnecessary stress, right? So he's building, he's like, hey, somebody's here. What should we do? Did you see this person that's here? Do you know who they are? Are they gonna come in? What are they gonna come in for? How long are they gonna stay? Like he's doing, he's going through this whole thing. So it's just not, it's not good for him to be thinking like this. And so you just, hey, leave it, correction. So you just take the leash and you just pop it really quick and say, you're not, you're not yanking it hard. You're not pulling him back. You're just disrupting him. And what it'll do is it'll snap him out of from what he's doing. And then you have an opportunity to help him think. So he's barking. You say, leave it. You snap him out of it. 
He looks at the person he was just barking at and he doesn't bark. And then you can say, good, leave it. And you could just teach him like, hey, you can look, you can do anything, but you can't aggressively bark at this person because that will, you're basically letting him build up. You're, he's building up a case is what's happening. Yeah. And you're, okay. you're just, you're knocking that, like you're hitting that right when he starts to build. You're like, nope, don't do that. You need to chill. So he starts to build like bump, 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 bump. And you're stopping him right here. And you're like, Hey, knock it off. But again, with a dog that size or dogs in general, you could say like, I'm giving you away. If you bark again, they're going to bark. Like they don't give a shit. They don't understand what you're saying. You can't yell at him and talk to him and say things are okay. And it's just neighbor Bobby. And you already know Bobby and it's all good. And it's just the, you just have to be very assertive dogs. That's how dogs understand things quickly. You say, leave it. You enforce it if he doesn't, and then he's like, oh. You're like, hey, every time you do that, the only caveat to that is, and this, I don't think this is your dog, but I just want to be transparent and play devil's advocate here, is the only time that that could backfire on you is if dogs are actually like aggressive and mean, and then they go, okay, fine, I won't growl or bark, but when they come in, I'm just going to bite them. And that's not your dog, so I'm not worried about that. I'm just... Again, to kind of talking out loud about you got to be careful about how you do it because that you just you don't want to suppress things. Um, you want to you want to correct things and fix things. Hey, this isn't how you do it. This is how you do it. So anyway, um, questions on that? No, I think that that makes sense. And he, we already have a prong collar for him that he's already conditioned with. We started walking him on a prong just because I knew he was going to get big. So mm-hmm. I think that that's fine to start implementing in the home as well yeah yeah for sure that would be um that would be good and then i would just say i would i'd be i mean i'm excited for you i would just like start practicing this like asap like just start putting him start start working on these things putting him into a place putting him into a stay breaking him on your terms and let's say again like you have one person over a week um you're doing this 50 to one so you're you're practicing this and you don't have to like you know, I know people are busy. You don't have to like spend too much time on it. Just start, just like when you, when you get five minutes, do two reps, say, Hey, go to your place. He goes there. You give him a little bit of payment. You say, stay. And then you start like, you start testing him. So you bend down, like you're going to tie your shoe. You walk away, you turn your back, you drop the leash and walk away. You're testing him to say like, so somebody walking into the door is the biggest distraction. That's like Super Bowl stuff. Like that's the biggest test. That's your biggest game. Everything else in between is practice. Mm-hmm. And so you have to build up to that practice and you have to do, you have to be creative and figure out how you can do that as well. And once you have that control, it'll be really helpful. And especially um, when you're, when you're doing this with somebody else, what I would recommend is whoever's training. So if you're like the main person that's going to be training, um, then this other person can go to the door and and have this person come in and then you can be standing next to your dog and work on Louis's obedience because it's really hard to replicate a real person coming in. So yeah, I would be working on all that stuff. <laughs> okay. So I guess like my last question, like what would be like a realistic expectation that I can set for this? Like, I mean, obviously I realize he's always going to be super, interested in strangers coming into the home like he's never going to be to the point where he just doesn't care Mm -hmm. but like i think it would be like a realistic goal to like get him to a point that he like 
that I guess like we can keep him in like a place command and like get him to a point where he's calm enough that he's gonna listen to us throughout the entirety of the process or do you think that will never really be the case um, will always be at least a little I think I I would say in my experience dogs who are kind of left off the hinge to make their own decisions typically start spiraling really quickly behaviorally uh, externally barking sometimes jumping but if you're it, it, it it's again it's kind of like if you were to equate it to like human behavior where it's like you have no control from the very beginning of somebody throwing a tantrum and then they start screaming and then they start throwing things and they start ripping their own hair out and then they start doing this it's like it's this it's this evolution that kind of continues to grow and so i think if you can gain control what i here's what i have seen dogs who act like louie what they'll do is that person then coming up the stairs is he'll just head tilt like super and he'll go he'll just like be so curious because you've stopped all his instinctual um again like stranger danger checking id type of behavior of like i'm gonna handle this and you're stopping all that you're like no dude like you're good you don't need to do that and you need to listen that's inappropriate you don't need to do it It'd be different if somebody just walked in your house randomly and you know, that'd be different. That's not, that's not what's happening yeah. though. So I think the realistic expectation would be overall control during somebody's coming over. And I think that that overall control will ultimately decrease his reactivity. So you'll see him probably always be like, I need to know who you are, but he probably won't be doing it as, a, as aggressively, I would hope. Um, so I think that that would be the realistic expectation is you're still going to need to, because somebody coming into the door, he's always, it doesn't matter if he's, there's a spectrum of aggression or like happiness and it doesn't matter what end he falls on, under. doesn't matter. He's because that, that dog, we could be having the same exact, literally we could be having the same exact conversation and the same exact steps that you would take if he was overly friendly without the muzzle that's all that we'd be having the same conversation be like wow i got yeah. a 160 pound dog and he literally when people come over he goes crazy he jumps he spins he whines he does all the things that like he can't be doing and we'd be having the same conversation so i think real i guess my point is is realistically he's always going to be stimulated that somebody's coming over he's like hey somebody's here i don't know how to handle myself but if you don't teach him how to handle it he never will and i think once you start teaching him the steps of hey here's what we're going to do when people come over um, i think you'll get a lot more curiosity you'll get less explosive protective aggressive behavior because you're taking that away from him because you're like nope just you can go like sit down and chill um so i think that would be realistic I think if you did okay. if you did off-leash e-collar work, I think it would be totally totally realistic for you to also do all of this off-leash, which is everyone's like objective. They're like I just want to I want my dog to just listen to me. Like I don't want to have to go get the leash, I don't want to have to go get the collar, I don't want to have to use the remote collar. But what the remote collar does is it starts to kind of like paint you this picture of this is how things can be. Um so I think if you did proper e-collar introduction, on top of the basic obedience that we've been talking about, I think you could do all of this off leash. Somebody comes to the door, you're standing at the top of the stairs greeting them. Louie, go to your bed. 
down or sit, stay, he'll stay there until you release him. I think that would be good too, because that person can come into your kitchen and go into your room and go to the bathroom and do all, I just wouldn't have him go into the living room just yet, but they could do all of these things. But the only thing with him because of his size is this, is if, so say again, I came over Friday I'm like, Hey, I'm coming over Friday. And I walked upstairs and I didn't know anything about Louie or dogs. And you did this, like his obedience is great. Put him into a place, put him into a sit stay. And he's kind of just sitting there and he can't wait for this person to come up. And then I come upstairs and then you break him, And then he just barrels over to me and I'm like, Hey bud. And I, excuse me, I go to like pet him or touch him. And then he's explosive. So, um, cause that'll scare him, right? Because he's, he's, he's doing this because he's like, I'm not sure really what to do. The loudest dogs are typically yeah. the most frightened dogs. Um, so anyway, I think that that's, that's something that you'd have to watch out for. So I think like having that gate is, is good. The other thing that you can do with that gate as well is you can take that gate and put it, uh, here's another idea for you that would be really nice. So those X pens we use all the time to keep dogs in alternatively to a crate or we we use it for like puppies who are puppy training, pee training, uh, potty training. Um, so they come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. So the one that you have is like, uh, I think like a three foot or something. It's really small. You can get six foot ones. You can get five foot ones. You can get four foot ones. So what you can do is where his bed is there against the wall, I think next to your TV to the right there or something, you can take that X pen and put, <laughs> put one, excuse me, put one like pen here and then just wrap it around him. And there's a gate that you can work on the place. So, so again, like, let's say I'm coming over Friday. Well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would be working on the place with that X pen up and he'd be going in there. And you're basically, because he's kind of afraid of the place, that would be an opportunity to like, again, if you advance, if you were to do this for a couple weeks, I think in two weeks from the top of your staircase, you should be able to send him to his place if that X pen is set up and the gate is open and he doesn't touch it. He just goes through it. He gets onto his bed and then you can go over and latch it or whatever. But I think having that X pen around him when people come in is also kind of like this shark tank type thing because it takes a little bit of time for him to go, oh, I know who you are. And, and, and listen, every dog is like that. My dog does the same thing. If you came to my house right now, ding, if my dog knew you since she was a puppy and you came into my house right now and knocked on the door, rang the doorbell, she's going to go, oh, who's here? And she, and then she might bark at you for one second. She goes, oh, I know who you are. You're good. So with him, it's kind of the same thing. Um, you know, once he, once he barks and stuff. So I think like keeping him into that area to say like, you know, this person chill. And then that person can kind of come into his area instead of him bum rushing the door. that makes sense okay so i guess my question with that so with the gate he seems to like get mad if people approach him when he's behind the gate even people that he knows like that he's 100 percent comfortable with like if they go up to him and like you know how most people like put their hand out like oh yeah. sniffy i'm okay he'll sniff and then he'll jump back and start barking aggressively yeah. it's like he feels like he has to approach them i think that's fine um so that's 
the issue with the gate. Yeah, you could. That's fine. Just, just you could do the uh, you can do the other end of the spectrum where he has his tab leash on or his regular. Like if somebody comes over, you can leave his prong collar on and his leash hanging. You're working on the place sit stay or whatever, and then his muzzles on. And you give him a break and then just say, "Hey, just ignore him." It's just you're just yeah, I don't know. You're just putting. I totally agree. I mean that could because he's fearful, right? So that backing up and barking is fear it's all fear it's him going it's him being afraid he's like oh he's like oh shit what do do i do so that's him barking at the ups guy yeah so situations like that um where somebody does come in if the muzzle's on him then you can have him approach it's just it's hard to tell people like hey um my 160 pound dog is gonna come up at you and bark at you with the muzzle on so just chill <laughs> yeah i think that's like the biggest hump i have to overcome is making like i hate making people feel uncomfortable but yeah. well i also know he I, has I, to get over it yeah yeah and, and i would say this that <clears throat> if it's if it's a or we have to work out yeah 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 and, and so if you have the time and it's it's like a f- friend or family member that like you're totally cool with and like they're hanging out and like you're good. I would just say that you can say, Hey, just text me when you're here. And then once they get there, you can go out with him with the muzzle and prong collar and just literally walk up your block and walk back and then walk into your house. That will, that will decrease the stress tremendously for both parties. Um, there's some, there's some people who are really committed to working with their dog and there's other people that are like, you want me to go outside with my dog? You know? So I just, I mean, I say that, but I, I think, that's what I would be doing too, because that way there's nobody in a situation of uncomfortability. Like he's not like, Oh, this is my home. Who are you? And you're all, it's kind of like this, like really awkward first date where I'm like, all right, here's my friend. And, um, he, he doesn't like you though right now. And here's, uh, here's my new friend. So, um, you're basically just setting them up for failure where you're like, Hey, my dog's not going to like you. So just be chill. And then they see 160 pound dog with, a head the size of, you know, what a watermelon, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so I would just say like, especially as it gets nicer out and it's easier, I would just say like, Hey, just text me in here or your ring. Like, I don't know what ring you have, but mine like will send an alert if anybody like even walks by my house. So I know when somebody's here before they even know that they're here. So, um, that's the other thing you could do too is, Hey man, you know, throw on his muzzle, go outside, be like, Hey, good to see you. We're just going to, we're just going to go for a walk quick. And if it's like your friends and family, like you don't have to, like, they'll be like, oh, okay. Like, they're not going to be like, yeah. what the hell? You're not going to do this with like the plumber or whatever. You're just going to put them in the other room with that shit. But like somebody that's going to be around and going to be at your house for a little bit, then you can just spend literally 15 minutes, go outside, meet that person in the parking lot. But, but like, you have to make sure that he is obeying himself like that's where he's gonna go hey who are you and you're like you correct him it'd be, it'd be like if you had a kid that walked up to your best friend from college and they said like hey why are you at my house we don't like you and you're like that is so inappropriate like what are you doing so with your dog it's the same thing you go up to meet and greet your friend or your family member or whatever and he walks up and he's like i'm gonna try to hurt you if you come in my house you're like no you're not like what are you talking about so that's where again you have to correct yeah. it because that's where things will not work for you they will not work for you. If you go outside and he immediately says, I'm going to try to physically harm you. If you step one foot into my space and you just kind of ignore it or you tell him, Shh, or you tell him no, or you tell him leave it and you don't enforce it. Cause he doesn't, he doesn't care about any of those things. There's no way he'll ever be okay with it. So go outside with your prong and your leash, 
Hey, good to see you. And he starts like, row, 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 leave it, bang. Nope, stop that. Let's go for a walk. And then you guys just walk. And then if you're if he's on your left side, you, this person is on your right side. And you just kind of go for a walk. And you just let him know like, heal. He's like, yeah, but there, no, heal. That That's like the point of obedience and control. It's, again, it's just like with kids. Like if they didn't, if they didn't learn English, it'd be a nightmare to try to control them. We, how would you communicate that they're about to do something they shouldn't do? You know what I mean? So with dogs, it's Louis heel. You go out for a heel. He can't pull you. He can't lunge. He's got to be right here. And that will, that will be really helpful for both parties because you're relaxing them and, you know, and then you go in uh, to the house together. So you, you just walk up to your door excuse me, you tell that person, hey, just go on in. And then you put him into a sit and a stay. You grab your door, you open it. And if he gets up, he's like, I gotta, nope, boom. No, sir, back into a sit. Gotta listen, buddy. He's just too big to not have really great control because he's gonna scare the crap out of people. So yeah, um, no. that's what I would be doing with him. And I think you'll see great success with that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I think um, I have a little bit more understanding of like how to start this process and hopefully get him to a point where he's a little bit more confident and just settled down and stuff. And hopefully I can gain a little confidence on the way. Yeah. I think you can. Again, just like look at the control that you have. Um, just make sure, just make sure you control it. Like again, if I came over and he's just like all over, like you have a protective, you have a naturally, let's say nothing you did wrong. It's nothing he did wrong. Like nobody taught him to be like this. It's just who he grew up to be. So if you don't have that control, somebody comes to the house, he's like, ah, da, da, da. like if you don't tell him what he can and can't do, I mean, for, I mean, for you, you should be excited because it's like, oh, I didn't even like try the most basic thing ever yet, which is just controlling him. No. Under, you know what I mean? Like that's exciting. Because you're going to see, you should see drastic changes really quickly because that's, it's like, oh, you know, my car won't start. I'm like, did you put gas in it? And you're like, no. I'm like, well, that's like, yeah, put that in first. And that's like, that's where you're at too, is like, you just haven't really done that yet, which is like the most fundamental thing that you can do. Um, so yeah, I think you'll see good and yeah, keep us posted. Cool. Great. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck. Thanks. Have I'll a, need it. <laughs> have a good day. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. And that's a wrap for that. Thank you guys for listening. First question comes from Kathy KKKKKKKKKK. Tom is the best and very patient educator. I've learned a lot. Thank you. Next one comes from Ash Daddy 73 Hey there. Really appreciate your advice on podcasts and YouTube. I have a three-year-old shepherd pit mix. The shepherd size is shepherd side is check working line. I've had Goldie for a year after I fostered, then adopted her. She is the she is my very best resource when it when working with new fosters. Her obedience is on point, and after watching your videos, as well as some others, Goldie is appropriately trained on an e collar because she's working line. I also provide jobs such as I call DEA work, which I put her into a down hider tug, and then she searched for it. The problem is she's severely reactive in the apartment building elevator. It stems from reactive corgi charging in and muzzle punching a foster I had at the time. She was then the elevator slows. Goldie will begin to fixate, um, double her work level on a collar working levels four. So the neighbors are 
ignorant and let their dogs rush in before their dogs are open. Uh, I don't want to stem the reactivity and I'm at a loss what to do. I would be using just like a slip leash or a martingale and I'd be doing body blocking when that door opens and I'd be working on this as many times as you can throughout the day to desensitize the elevator being anything other than joyous. So I'd be getting into the elevator, uh, putting a dog into a sit, get in front of the dog, going down, hitting, like if you're at level four, I'd hit three, two, one, it goes down to three, the door's open, the dog doesn't react, you pay. I go to two, so on and so forth. So work on it a ton to counter and to desensitize the reactivity that's unfortunately started to begin. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate that that happened. I'm sorry to hear that, but you know, some people just suck and they don't pay attention and they're not responsible and they put other dogs into these, uh, bad experiences. So that's what I would do. Uh, you got to work more at it. Don't do it once or twice a day. Do it literally go all the way up to the top level and go all the way down and just advocate for your dog. And I would just be putting your dog into a sit stay calming down, putting a nice loose leash on, nice and relaxed, um, guiding your dog through these situations and making it super enjoyable? It's a good question. Next comes from Territorial GSD, JPass725. Tom, your podcast and videos have taught me so much about dog training. I understand my dogs much better. I've learned so much, and now I'm about to say this. I'm not going to be surprised, but I'm hoping you can guide me towards the best way to manage my year-and-a-half-year-old female intact German Shepherd. She has become increasingly territorial inside of her home and property. Outside the home, she is absolutely lovely and very social and friendly. I know this is uh, to be expected from her breed and age and also the fact that she is not yet fixed. I don't know the best way to manage this because I have kids and we often have people and their dogs uh, over. Right now, she is at the point where lunging and barking and jumping on them. I don't know if she will bite. She has never bitten... um, I also don't know how to put her. I also don't want to have to put her away while we have people over, especially if it's for a long period of time. I've had various uh, different trainers give me conf- conflicting advice on this, <clears throat> like keeping her into one place the whole time while people are there. While others said um, said that that will just load her and frustrate her and make it worse. I should keep her tethered to me in the leash. Um, I do plan to muzzle train her as an added precaution. I'm guessing. Well, listen. I'll shoot you straight here, J-Pass 725. The reality is, is your dog doesn't like other dogs or other kids or whatever in your house. And you're going to have to train everyone else's dogs before they come over. And you're going to have to have serious conversations with everybody before they come over to your house in order for this to be remotely safe and successful. Because let's say you put your dog next to you on the couch or next to you on the chair or next to you outside and and th- two dogs and a kid come running at you and your dog and your dog explodes. You already know that your dog doesn't like these animals inside your house. So, if you're so there's nothing you could do. It's just it's just the reality is it's like my dog doesn't like other dogs inside the house. My dog doesn't like other people inside of the house. And these dogs and these people, I can't really control. They're going to be running around. They're going to be jumping. They're going to be, they're going to be into things. All these things are happening. So there's nothing that you can do to control that environment realistically, right? Like unless all of your friends are professional dog trainers and you become one yourself, it's going to be very hard to make this a safe situation. And to be honest, your dog doesn't want to be there. The dogs that are coming in don't want to deal with your dog being there. The people that come in definitely don't want to deal with the dog the way that your dog's behaving being there. 
So you just have to pass that opportunity and just say like, Hey, my dog is going to go outside. And if your dogs are going to play friendly with my dogs outside, that's where they can be. But that's the question I'm seeing here. My friend, my dog doesn't like other dogs in the house. My dog doesn't like other people in the house. And we're just going to let people and dogs in my house. What do, what do I do? You don't, you just don't do that. Just don't put your dog into that situation. Now, could you possibly? Sure. But it's not realistic because you're going to have to have serious conversations with these people coming over with your dog. That's not the point of these people coming over. You want these people to come over. Yeah, man. Let the dogs in. Let's crack a couple beers. Let's watch a movie. Let's watch UFC. Let's let's eat some pizza. Let's talk. Let's read books. Whatever the heck you guys want to do. It doesn't matter. But the point of having your friends and family over with their dogs is to relax and have fun. Your dog is not going to relax or have fun. And that's just their personality. There's no, there's not much you could do about that. So my suggestion is, is set your dog up for success by having these dogs outside if they're going to do well outside. And if they're not, then put your dog away. Your dog doesn't want to be there. Your dog doesn't want to be in those situations. It's, it's not fun. So those are just life choices that you'll have to make, my friend. Um, like I said, is it possible? Sure. Is it realistic? No. For those reasons. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, if you want to chat with it more, uh, you know, you can sign up and, and we can go over all the different scenarios. Uh, but right now I only have one context. My dog doesn't like other dogs inside the house. She's a check working line intact. Um, doesn't really love other people inside the house. Um, she's lunging and barking and jumping all over them. That's a person like, that's just how your dog is at this point. And, um, you know, I don't blame him, blame her or, Wait, I got, I got, I mixed those two dogs up with my other question. Sorry. Um, is a one and a half year old intact German shepherd. So, you know, she's just, this is, that's not her game, right? She's like protective when people come over. Um, but outside of the home, you know, maybe you can get her into the backyard and playing, but right now it just seems like she just doesn't. So like I said, the success of your question is going to come from the other dogs and how well they're trained. And again, you're not going to tell your friends and family to go through a 10-week course to train their dogs to come over to crack a couple beers on the weekend. You just have to, you, you guys, whoever's listening to this, you guys just have to be realistic with like pleasure over pain. Like how much, how much pain are you going to put yourself through mentally to try to make this work when you can just, like what's the ROI here? What's the pleasure that's coming from this? What's the outcome? For what? Is it worth it? So just think about these things. All right. Moving on. Tom is, the, this is a, mama needs to rest. Tom is the bomb. Five-star review. I've been watching and listening to Tom Davis for about a year now, and I can attest to positive results from my my German Shepherd mix. He's honest, he's honest, and his methods are attainable. I'm so glad I found him, and I hope he's able to suppress all the phonies out there that just talk and think only positive reinforcement is the way to train. Give him a follow and watch his free videos on YouTube. He's the real deal, and you'll see results. Well, thank you so much. Um, let's get into one more here. Cause that really wasn't a question, but I, I, I mean, I love those reviews. Trust me. Appreciate it so much. Anybody out there that doesn't have a question that wants to give us some valuable feedback about anything that we've done for them. Um, it would mean the world to us to, to hear about it and we'll read about it in the next episode. Next question. Best to be something clear, maybe. Um, Hey Tom, thank you for all your time and effort helping dog owners on this platform. I listen to every single episode when it comes out and I was able to help a lot of dog owners over the years. Thanks to you. See, that's, that's, you guys like understand how incredible that is. 
like think about think about that for a second. I mean, I know I speed through these things, and we we gratefully and and fortunately get these questions, and we get these comments all the time. I, I might have even said one earlier in this podcast, but do you realize that by me talking, by me recording my conversations with other dog owners struggling with different things in their life, and putting it out to the public all over the world for free, this person just says. This person literally just said, I listened to every episode when it comes out and I was able to help a lot of dog owners over the years thanks to you. So over the years, this person is able to help other dog owners just by listening to me. That is, I mean, incredible to think about. It's incredible like that my words coming out of my mouth to other people and other people observing and listening to these things is that powerful. And I'm not saying I'm that powerful. I'm just saying like podcasting in general and you guys listening is powerful. Like the, it's like the butterfly effect is global. It's, it's incredible. And same thing with the YouTube. It's really cool to see. And I'm just, I'm, I don't take these things for granted guys, just because I rip through these comments and do these things. It's something that I, I care about deeply and it doesn't go unnoticed. And uh, I'm really proud and happy for the community that we've built. Um, and, and I'm, 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 yeah, I'm proud of it. Really. I really do appreciate it, but that's just incredible. Like to hear that. Cause as you guys know, the dog training industry is a very toxic, um, work in place, right? Everyone's like, you know, bashing each other and telling everybody they suck and that they're better and this way is better. And they've been, it's just like a mess. So I don't get into that shit. Even though people do that shit to me, I don't care. I don't, I don't pay any attention to it. I don't get into it, but it's just incredible the community that we've built. And just just like focusing on this one little review out of all of them, you know, the 900 that we have, it's just incredible. So thank you so much. Anyway, my question is about overcorrecting. My question is about overcorrecting following your last episode as a trainer in training. I never had the problem helping others and introducing the prong collar. I have a year and a half year old blue healer mix. Uh, the history unknown to me, but uh, completely untrained, assuming he was a stray out in Oregon. He knows 30 commands and has good obedience, 100% inside, 95% outside, uh, uh, including great recall besides when he sees squirrels, uh, which I will work on with the e-collar. He came to me leash reactive and has separation anxiety. We worked on both since he's an anxious dog and does does amazing now. Uh, no problem. Uh, overall, he is he is a fast learner and an amazing dog. However, we still struggle on the leash makes sense regarding history. Um, I think over frustrating him with the prong collar corrections, he was not responsive, even though they were precise slip lead corrections. I usually use the prong collar while training for others, but uh, I put this on him every walk and he is not very responsive to it. He does professional heel. Uh, I'm trying to just see where we're at here with questions. I, I just want him to be more engaged with me. He has a he has a command for it, and he'll look at me, and he'll be super engaged when he gets distracted. Once again, he has a good heel, but I can't seem to get it sustainable. The sustainable heel. Um, I'm sorry, this is very long, but I was able. To... I don't know what equipment to switch to and which method to adapt to moving forward since this is happening. Thank you for everything you do. Well, I just think that if your dog is um, getting that engagement. Um, there's a hold on 
I, I just think like doing, uh, so, so there's the podcast that I did. And I always refer back to called, um, the dog reactivity blueprint on my podcast. Definitely go back and, and read that one over. It goes over inside turns, outside turns, directional changes. Um, and it really breaks down engagement and reactivity. I'm also coming out with a dog reactivity course that should be out um, by the end of the next month. So be on the look for that. But I, I just, I just think right now, like, um, you have to work on your dismantlement engagement with your handling inside turns and outside turns. To be honest with you, um, this is a very in-depth, layered thing, and I don't want to waste your time by giving you a bunch of information you've already heard me say. Um, this is something that you can join the members club and talk to my team and the all access program. They can help go through this, um, with you in depth because there's, there needs to be more context. I can't really, um, there's a, there's, I need, I need more context of what's going on. Uh, I know that this is a long winded question, but, um, I still need to bounce some things off you and ask some questions. So, um, that's my recommendation for this. Uh, he doesn't respond to the prong caller. I mean, there's a lot of handling that goes involved with that. So I would, um, join the members club, go into the all access program, um, or book a one-on-one with me and we can go over it in depth. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, I would need more context because there's a lot of layers to this question. This isn't a quick, like my dog jumps. What do I do? My dog won't come back when when called. What do I do? My dog doesn't like my neighbor. What do I do? This is a very in-depth layered question that I don't want to waste your time or my time trying to talk to a wall because I need more information. So those are my suggestions for you. I really do appreciate you, uh, asking this question and the very positive review. Um, but in order to, to get a little bit more, um, I I would need some more. So anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening and always watching. I appreciate you guys a lot, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.